You're listening to the Keep Writing Podcast, a resource for Christian writers who are ready to conquer what's holding them back. I'm Nika Maples, and this is episode 67, Look for the Next Level of Humility. It's a long way to walk from my apartment building to the trash dumpster. How many people look for that feature when they're shopping for an apartment, though? When I was checking out this apartment before I signed the lease, I don't remember ever even thinking about the dumpster. I wasn't like, you know, I love this place. It has updated appliances, clean carpets, and a beautiful patio and a community workout room. But what I love most of all is that dumpster. I'm telling you, it's the trash for me. But after a year and a half of struggling with my own trash bags, walking along a busy street and lugging them all the way down a slightly slanted parking lot, tripping over rocks the whole way. I asked about the dumpster the next time I was looking at apartments. Not even kidding. When you are a person with a disability, you get to see the very best in people and the very worst in people. It's such a privilege in that way. I often experience humans with their raw emotions exposed because that's just what comes out when they encounter the unexpected. And a disability is always unexpected. It shows up suddenly. And maybe you stare or look away or reach out to help or whatever, but all of it is just a knee-jerk reflex for you. So it's hard to hide one way or the other. For instance, there's a girl named Allie who lives in my apartment complex. My goodness, what a gem she is. She saw me struggling with my groceries one day and ran from where she was sitting and reading in the courtyard to carry them in for me. And that was how we met. Then later, she was pulling into the parking lot coming home from somewhere. She saw me working that garbage bag like I was a boxer and she pulled over right by me, left her car running, and ran the bag to the dumpster for me. And she's not the only one who's helped. One or two others have offered to help too. It's always a pleasant surprise when they do. But one stood out above all the others. As I said, I was living in an apartment on a busy street, a very wide, very busy street. And across that street were some amazing houses. Maybe calling them mansions would be a bit of a stretch, depending on your definition of a mansion. But let's just say they're not starter homes, okay? A lot of them have guest houses in the back. There are Mercedes and Jaguars in the driveway, and they have fantastic professional landscaping. Sometimes I'm trying to record my podcast, and I have to take a break for a half hour because the mic picks up the riding lawnmowers and leaf blowers from across the street. So one day, I was wrangling two trash bags, having steeled myself for the trip. And as I walked, I looked up and noticed two landscape trucks and a whole crew of people working on this one house. I looked, I looked back down, and I walked on. Then I heard a voice. Ma'am, ma'am, wait. A man was crossing the street in kind of segments like the old video game Frogger. He ran halfway, let the cars pass, and ran the rest of the way. He was one of the men who, just moments before, had been on his knees in a flower bed, spreading fresh fertilizer. Now, he was on the sidewalk beside me, 
approaching respectfully and hesitantly so I wouldn't be alarmed. May I, he said, indicating the trash bag. I would love to take those to the dumpster for you. I'm not sure if my smile or the tears came first. I thanked him as he took the bags and then again as he ran back across the street to continue his work. Now, do you know what he could have thought that day? He could have looked up and seen me and then looked right back down thinking, I'm already elbow deep in manure here, making a house that I don't even live in look beautiful. But he didn't think that. He looked for the next level of service and he served me, someone who wouldn't be able to give him anything in return. Clearly, he was the wealthiest person on that whole street that day because his heart was gold. 1 Peter 5, 5 through 6 reads, All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. I don't know about you, but the idea of God opposing me is about the scariest thing I can imagine. I better choose to be humble instead. Humility is tricky, though. One, because we hesitate to pray for it, getting a little bit nervous the same way we get nervous when we pray for patience. Oh yeah, we ask for it, but then we flinch ducking with our hands raised to cover our heads. And we think, hey, God, I, I want humility, but please go easy on me, Lord. And two, sometimes the humble way can be from a place of pride. And how do we know? Okay, once I went to a very small writer's conference and I watched the main speaker who had talked about the conference as if she were welcoming all of us into her home. And then she just kept walking past these overflowing trash cans all day when we were on a break. She would shrug her shoulders indifferently when the guests would ask her where we should throw away our trash because there was no more room anywhere. If this was what it was like to stay at her house, I can't say I felt welcomed by a gracious hostess. She wouldn't take the humble position of a servant when she belonged on a stage. I don't really know her motives, but that's what it looked like to me. Only God really knows. And then there was this other time I saw a pastor at church. A trash can was overflowing. And though he was wearing a really nice suit, he saw it, disappeared for a moment, and came back with a fresh trash bag and changed the trash in the trash can. I was impressed. He took the humble position of a servant, even when he belonged on a stage. But... I really don't know his motives. That's just what it looked like. Only God knows, because he could have been doing it for a bit of a show, hoping that people would notice and would feel exactly as I did, impressed. In other words, humility is an invisible state of the heart and can't ever be judged by another human. From beginning to end, only God can evaluate humility. We can't even perceive our own humility. We simply cannot know because to say we are humble could very well be pride. C.S. Lewis famously wrote, humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. When we are thinking of ways that we can be more humble, we're thinking of ourselves quite a bit, wouldn't you say? So thinking about ways to be humble is really not the way. 
All we can do is leave the evaluation of our hearts to Jesus. It's not up to us to decide whether we're humble enough. He's going to let us know. The best we can do is just head in the direction of humility by looking for the next level of service. Even while we are serving in one way, we can simultaneously serve in another way. Like the man who was landscaping the family's yard, and then right in the middle of that work, he took a moment to serve me. Listen, writer, one day you will work with an editor and a designer and an agent and all of the other critical partners who will help you produce your book. I want to remind you myself how important it is to serve them, even while you are serving your readers. They may be working diligently on your book, but please don't make it all about you. I'm going to confess here that I've done this in small ways before. But those people, those book partners, they don't owe you anything. They don't owe your message anything. They don't even owe your readers anything. So serve them. Serve them by being thoughtful. Serve them by being patient. Serve them by being polite. Serve them by being punctual with deadlines and meetings, both in person and online. Serve them by writing thank you notes or sending flowers or a small gift when appropriate. Serve them, most of all, by praying for them. Even on the days when you are elbow deep in the manure of writing and marketing, look across the street and see if you can help someone carry something. Hey, hey, today is the last day. If you're listening to this podcast episode on the day it releases, then the Keep Writing course doors close tonight at 10 p.m. I have helped so many women flourish in their calling as writers through this signature program, which is a combination of faith-based writing instruction and Christ-centered coaching. In this course, I give you everything you need to write your book in six months or less. Go to nikamaples.com and click on courses to enroll. If you don't do it right now, you're going to have to wait months until it opens again. So take that step, completely trust that God has led you to this moment, and let's get started.